I think it's a big thing to gain trust with people if they can actually see your face and hear you talk in situations like this on a Twitter space or in a Discord. You know, I think it gives people a little more of a, a peace of mind that you're doing the right thing. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Welcome to the My Future Business Show. My name is Rick Nusky. I'm your host. Again, it's wonderful to have you here for without you. This show just isn't as special as what it is. And talking about special on today's uh, call, I'm with the wonderful Scott Cappen. Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me, man. How yeah, absolutely. Oh, look, I'm well. I've got two feet and a heartbeat. I can't complain. Nobody would listen anyway. <laughs> now, you and I, we're going to... usually the general consensus, man. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I fly alone. <laughs> now, uh, you're the creator, owner, and project of uh, and, and project lead at Arsenal NFT. And we're going to be talking about that project. We're going to be learning a little bit about the history behind NFT creation because there's certainly lots of questions. We're going to look at DAO communities and how you can benefit from the Arsenal NFT passive income ecosystem. But... Before we do any of that, Scott, it's customary for us to learn a little bit more about you. So where are you calling in from today? I'm actually in Pennsylvania, in Allentown. Fantastic. On the East Coast, USA. Yeah, wonderful. So has that been home for a long time or? All my life. All your life. <laughs> what do you love about the place? Is there any landmarks? What, 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 uh, what keeps you there? I don't know. I guess there's, depending on where you live, dude, everything's within, you know, a voice shot of, whatever you everything want lots of places to eat lots of places to go lots of things to see we're pretty close to jersey so the shore isn't too far away if oh, we want yes. to go to the beach yes you know, it's like maybe an hour and a half two hours so i feel we're in pretty close proximity to a lot of cool things especially especially uh internet infrastructure would be very important for your line of work i'm pretty sure about that now um what do you like to do in in your pastime do you have much time to spend doing you know more social things well i i'm a tech guy i've been a tech guy probably for the last as long as i can remember forever maybe 15 <laughs> 20 years and I, i've been a network engineer for about 10 right now mm -hmm. and it just seemed like the natural evolution, me being a tech guy to get into crypto. And once I got in, I never left. I stayed there. I just think it's the coolest thing. I think it offers a lot of possibilities for a lot of people. It's a game changer is what it is, really. Absolutely. And we're going to be talking a lot about that. And I remember the very much the wild, wild west days when Binance was just opening its doors and I was getting involved and I didn't understand Bitcoin and all this kerfuffle that was going on about this particular industry. Now, obviously, we're going to take a bit of a deep dive into that. But um, tell us who got you involved. Was there anybody of influence or anything that happened that really got your attention? Uh, I remember you know, a couple friends in passing telling me about it and it really didn't take me until like the third or fourth time that I heard about Bitcoin mm -hmm. that I actually started doing some research and I read the white paper and you know, the more that I read on it and the more I learned, the more I thought, wow, this is incredible. This is a completely separate monetary system that's decentralized. And yes. pretty much from the jump, I was sold. Uh, I just, 
I've been in it since 2009, 2010. And I just, I, I watched everything evolve and grow. Yep. Pretty much from its humble beginnings until where it is now. Where it is today. It, yeah, wow. Yeah, the place has definitely evolved far beyond what it what it started as. What it was, absolutely. Now, there's obviously a lot to learn, and I'd love if you could later on in the call is to educate everybody who's on the call about, I guess, some of the fundamental things behind, you know, what the blockchain is, what cryptocurrency means, what nfts are why there are so many different coins altcoins, stable coins all this yeah. all these questions that come with this there's definitely a learning curve <laughs> it's not, not something that you just decide hey i'm gonna do this no. you really have to take your time you have to do your research there's a lot involved to get started just from you know i have a lot of people ask me where do i go what do i do yep. how do i get into it and it's really not a simple answer no it's not just go here do that there's a couple fundamental things in my opinion that you need to be aware of and you need to understand because going through the motions just to do something usually isn't the best thing in my opinion because yep. we're dealing with real money here let's be honest absolutely you're you're exchanging your hard-earned money for cryptocurrencies and you better make sure that you know how to store it safely, mm -hmm. uh, where it is stored, so mm -hmm. it is stored safely. You know, because if, like I said, if you're just going through the motions, you're not really learning the process. So absolutely, ed education is definitely a huge portion of this. Thank you very much for sharing that, because I think you know if we go into this with eyes wide open. Um, you know, will be well placed to make informed decisions, which I think is important, especially if you're starting to, you know, transfer that fiat cash into crypto, because there can be a lot of volatility, there can be a lot of, I guess, inherent risk, because it's a new way, it's decentralized. Um, and by and large, it's not all that regulated. What do you see happening in terms of regulation around crypto in the future? Uh, you know, even so decentralized finance has been around since 2018 mm -hmm. and it just seems to me that the more time goes on the more you hear about people losing all their money not just from having their money in a coin but getting involved in these projects mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it vanishes overnight and they run away with millions of dollars yep. and nothing ever happens to these people people lose their hard-earned money and there's no justice for them no and you know when you met it's funny you mentioned earlier the wild wild west that's exactly what it is but mm, uh, mm. i think they need to be careful with the regulation mm -hmm. so as not to stifle the technology i think if there's too much regulation it's really going to prevent things from advancing in a positive direction yes absolutely i i listened to this with uh, the 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 idea that you know i heard once somebody said that uh, pioneers are the ones that have the arrows in their back. Now, I know there's a lot of people making some headway into this and they're, they're being those pioneers. How important is it to see those pioneers still, you know, really forging ahead and sticking with this for the long term? Because they clearly have a mission and a vision that they're on for this. Yeah. So in my opinion, I've been in a lot of projects. There's a lot of good projects out there, but I feel... And I'm not knocking anybody, mm -hmm. but a lot of the stuff out there is the same repetitive stuff. Yep. I feel that nobody's doing anything 
different. Yeah, NFTs are new and everybody's into that. That's fine. But as far as some of the projects, some of the decentralized projects, I feel like everybody's stuck in the same APY rebase sort of yep. mentality where let's just trade money back and forth <laughs> and we'll all make money. But, you know, it, it takes new people coming into an ecosystem like that to oh, yeah. keep something like that afloat. And we all know those things just, they're not sustainable. No, I see the utility in many regards. Um, looking at the ledgers. I've seen everything from um, um, shipping companies uh, using this to, you know, when they float their new project and you get involved and you invest a certain amount uh, in it. Um, there are just so many possible directions this could go. But in our in our call today, we're going to be focusing on NFTs. But I think from a foundational level, can you talk us through the history of cryptocurrency, where it generated from and, and how it is that you got to be where you are today specifically? Well, long we really story short. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I guess we really don't know where it came from because of the pseudonym Satoshi Nakamoto. Satoshi, he, left yes. us, he left us this sweet little white paper and I think a lot of other visionaries took his idea and altered it a little bit and everybody kind of adapted and did their own thing, but you know, we don't know who he is, so it's hard to say, to say who he actually is and who actually started it off. But you know, when crypto first started, it was just trading. I remember being on Coinbase and you know, you could buy and sell on the platform and mm -hmm. then uh, I remember other platforms like so Shapeshift. Remember so... Shapeshift? Yeah, yeah. Then you could swap if you had Bitcoin, you could swap for doge or whatever yep so just see what time went on and then you know new projects came out where you uh, i think harvest finance was the first one that i got involved in i don't know if you're familiar yes with that. i am yep i'm giving them a plug right now yeah <laughs> yeah well, look i've had a lot of involvement in the different platforms and all of a sudden uh unbeknownst to me i was trying to be a statistical analyst and i was trying to understand that you know the peaks and the troughs in the trends and trying to shift uh, coin around at the most appropriate time. There's got to be an easier way for those who don't really understand this. What would you suggest if they're looking to get involved? I would say, honestly, like I said, it's the Wild West. Mm. If you're going to put money in a project, let's say, I can't even think of one other than Harvest Finance that mm -hmm. I would recommend to anybody because in my opinion, yep. They're kind of all a little shifty right now, but you really have to do your due diligence with anything. Yeah. You got to sit down and do homework. You know, mm -hmm. who's running the project? What's the project about? What, what are their goals? What are they trying to achieve? You know, but I think a lot of people are kind of enamored with the high APY. So look, I'm making 383,000%. Well, it doesn't really do you any good if you bought in at 100 and the coin crashes the five bucks. <laughs> 0.00001 so, cent. Right. Yeah, so now it's going to take you that 300,000% to maybe make your money yes. back. So yep. it's just a lot of that same old repetition and... You know, the same old stuff out there. It's uh, it's kind of old, in my opinion. There's lots that has changed, and there's lots that continues to change, Scott. And I'm very excited about some of the things I see. I think if uh, an image I recall was a an ATM style outlet in Japan, where you could actually you know transfer your Bitcoin for groceries or whatever it was. There was some utility oh, wow. in that whole process. What do you see in the future for you know I guess the utility side of this? 
Uh, for utility, I guess it depends on on the blockchain. I think right now, from the way I see it, uh, not so much my generation, Generation X, but I think Generation Z and Millennials, mm -hmm. I think Bitcoin is more of a store of value to them. Yep. It, it's a lot lighter. It's a lot easier to store and carry than what their traditional generations are used to buying is gold. Yep. Well, gold heavy, it's cumbersome. Hey, I can buy a Bitcoin. I could buy 10 Bitcoins and put them in my pocket. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as the utility for Bitcoin, I just think it's too slow. Mm. There need to be, here's an example, the AMC. I think they just start accepting, it's a movie theater. Yeah, they yeah. just start accepting Doge <laughs> for, for payments and what's the other coin? Shiba Inu. I think they just started accepting Shiba Inu. So as long as there's no issues on the Ethereum network for Shiba Inu, that's fine. Because <laughs> we all know Ethereum right now has its fair share of problems occasionally. Yep. But Doge, uh, I've never been on that network, so I can't really vouch for it. I understand. I, I, I sit here and I question, I, I love the fact that we're having, a, like a, I guess, a, a ground up conversation about the raw elements that are involved here. And I think to myself, you often hear um, uh, people talk about the, um, the energy resource and reliance on technology. This is why I touched on this before, how important it is to have that energy available for us to be even able to mine these coins. Tell us a little bit about your take on that side of things. <laughs> It's funny you brought that up because I mentioned this to a lot of people. I may catch some flack for this, but this is my <laughs> opinion. I'm not afraid to vocalize. No, that's fine. You remember maybe like a year and a half ago, Elon Musk was all into yes. the Bitcoin. And I was going to ask sudden, you about him. Yeah, all of a sudden he's complaining about Bitcoin's carbon footprint. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I thought to myself, how hypocritical of him. He mines lithium. He destroys the planet. Yep. He destroys the entire ecosystems to make these batteries for his vehicles, but that's okay. But if you actually do the mathematics and sit down, Bitcoin consumes far less energy than and less devastation than anything he's doing to produce lithium for his batteries for his vehicles. Yeah, and absolutely. And how much the rockets he make, how, how <laughs> much does that pollute the earth every time he sends one into space? Yes, I so, think collectively we're quite, uh we're likely to pollute more than we are less likely to pollute, aren't we, collectively? Yeah. And I think not too long ago, I read something online about what it costs the government to produce money from an electricity standpoint to make change. And the comparison was actually worse. Bitcoin did better as far as electricity consumption than the government in the USA consumes to make and print our money. Yeah, absolutely. Great feedback. I, I, I'm sitting here um, trying to think in terms of somebody who's listening into the call today, Scott, not having a, a clue what we're talking about. They're probably scratching their heads. So I'm wondering if we can now talk about some foundational building blocks. You know, yeah. I'm familiar with ledgers and how they, you know, go into the, the blockchain. And this is, I guess, um, very important to um, Arsenal NFT. Can you tell us a little bit about that side, how it's structured and why it works the way it works? Ooh, this is a good question. Um, I mean, we're personally based on the Avalanche blockchain mm -hmm. uh, just for speed. I mean, yep. it's one of the, the fastest blockchains. It's a next-gen blockchain. And we chose Avalanche specifically 
because let's face it, nobody wants to overpay for fees mm-hmm. for transmissions and everybody, they want transactions resolved immediately. So yep. right now, Avalanche is one of the best out there in, in my opinion for that. Mm-hmm. So in terms of, in terms of, um, you know, congestion, we know that um, Bitcoin and Ethereum, correct me if I'm wrong, please, Scott, that over mm-hmm. time they become congestion and that speed actually is diminished because there are so many transactions going on and adding to this ledger that it slows it down. So is that true? So here's generally what happens. As long as the less traffic that's on the network, mm-hmm. the less you're going to pay in fees. Yep. So think about it like this. This is an, an easy analogy that I usually tell people when they ask me stuff like this. Think of think of a doorway and think of people standing in line to get through this doorway. And on the other side of that doorway is basically your transaction being processed. So if you have 50 people standing in line versus 20 people standing in line, that cost of entry is going to be cheaper. Mm-hmm. Now, you can set custom fees. So if you're the guy in the back and you're waiting, waiting, and the guy in the front, you know, he paid 20 bucks. Hey, I'll give you 50. You jump to the front of the line and you get your transaction approved before anybody else. Yes, right. Thank you. I, I know that there are a lot of times because it's decentralized, there's a lot of hidden people. A lot of people, not everyone, use it for nefarious reason. They're trying to do underhanded things on the deep dark web and all that sort of not so great stuff. But there are also people like you who have done the right thing. You've brought yourself forward. You're putting a, a face to a name, as it were, which is quite uncommon in this sector right now. And, and why is it that you think that's important? I think it's like anything you go into any place of business, you know, you might go into like a Walmart or something. You don't see the owner, but you see people Mm. and there's a lot of mom and pop stores you go into and you know who the owners are. I think it's a big thing to gain trust with people. If they can actually see your face and hear you talk and have a chance to speak to you, maybe not one-on-one, but Mm -hmm. in situations like this on a Twitter space or in a discord, you know, I think it gives people a little more of a, a peace of mind that you're doing the right thing. It's easy to hide behind yeah. a keyboard and just <laughs> type, tap, but, tap away. Right. But I think when you put yourself out there, especially if your your motives are not nefarious, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody should have a problem going to the community they're trying to build and say, hey, here I am. Yep. This is what we plan to do. You know, and I welcome everybody in our Discord. Hey, if you have questions, reach out to me. Like feedback is a big thing yep. for me. I, I want to hear what everybody thinks. Like, am I doing something wrong? What can I improve on? What can we improve on? Yeah. You know, do you need help with something? I think this is important because I think there's still a lot of people still getting acclimated with the space mm-hmm. and unsure of certain things, but still willing to learn. And they just kind of need maybe a helping hand, maybe a question or two. Yeah, so I yep. definitely think it's important to make your presence known. And we'll prove any we'll, community here you're trying to build, especially since a lot of people don't do it. Don't do it. And we'll be sharing that uh, information with you back to Scott and um, uh, the business and through Discord and the likes. Now, tell us a little bit about the metaverse. I've heard recently some of the major stars in the world talking about the metaverse. What What is the metaverse? I haven't really delved into it myself. 
I know there's a couple players in the game creating their own virtual worlds. Mm-hmm. Facebook obviously is there. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what concepts some of these businesses come up with. Mm-hmm. I know there's people out there in big companies actually renting virtual properties so they can build their brand in the metaverse just on the off chance it takes off. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it has potential, but I think <laughs> you have to be yeah you have to be into that sort of thing. You'd need a really good reason for it because when I I think it was uh, Snoop Dogg was talking about it and he was so in love with it. I'm like. I don't get it. I just, I'm just, it must be flowing over the top of my head. I must be missing something. Did you ever play VR? Did you ever do that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it is. Yep. You know, you put on a virtual headset and you go in and, and I've seen people on LinkedIn build entire art museums with art on the wall and you walk (laughs) around this virtual world and you can view the artwork. Not sure if you can buy it yet, but yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen people do some interesting stuff. Yeah, and I played VR a few times myself, and it is pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. No, well, I love uh, I love VR. I love all things gaming, and that sort of it's probably a good segue into uh, um, your tank game, which is somehow related to um, the blockchain. Can you tell us a little bit about this very interesting <laughs> project? Actually, I gave it a go. By the way, I'm really bad at it. <laughs> well, so if you click the link on there, then I'm going to explode. <laughs> it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Well. Right now, that particular version was only optimized for the desktop. Yep. And it's not even really complete yet. Yep. So it, it still needs some finishing touches. I just thought I would throw it out there. Yeah, that's great. The, I'm glad you did. Community. But I thought it was well in line with the Arsenal NFT, like the play on the word. Yes. You know, a tank game. So what happens there is you actually mint a tank that's an NFT. And I think what's unique about this game is it doesn't matter if you're a gamer or a non-gamer. The tank game actually uses our native token. Mm -hmm. You have to hold our token to mint the tank and then use our token to buy in-game upgrades. Mm -hmm. But it allows people who want to invest that aren't gamers to pick a tank and stake our tokens on somebody else's tank and earn extra tokens. And at the same time, potentially boosting their power or their agility or their speed yep. to kind of give them a little advantage. Yes. So we're working on some fun things. I plan on at some point, you know, potentially having contests in the discord. You know, <laughs> if X amount of people have a tank. We'll have like, cause there's death match, there's battle Royal. Maybe we'll hand out prizes. I think it would be a fun group activity to, to do with a bunch of people and just see what happens. So there'd be tokens up for grabs, like a token pool to, to win as such? Um, I mean, if we do anything, we try to stick to USDC, mm-hmm. which is a stable coin. Yep. Uh, from any other project that I've ever seen or been a part of, when they give away tokens, it just results in an instant dump. Yep. And it negatively impacts the price of your own token. Yep. So we've been doing Twitter giveaways to promote. We've been doing Discord giveaways. And we've been paying everybody in stablecoin. Yeah, I think fantastic. that's the easiest way to go for everybody. 
Absolutely. It's one less step because we know they're going to dump the tokens anyway. So mm, I think it's important for people who are on this call who are interested in this sort of environment and this sort of experience that they know that somebody like you is at the helm of all of this, which is really giving uh, what you're doing some uh, high level of credibility. So thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, now, I'd, I'd love you. to, Scott, if we could uh, break down um, what an NFT means and why is it that you called your business Arsenal? NFT. Would there be anything related to football? No, I get mm. that question a lot. I bet I, you do. <laughs> so many people have asked me that. That's like one of the first questions I ever get. <laughs> but the the I chose Arsenal because as part of the ecosystem, I have a ton of ideas that are NFT related. Mm -hmm. And I kind of use the word Arsenal because they're all going to be different applications. Yep. That word arsenal implies kind of everything in my toolbox. Got it. Yeah. You know? So, and going with that, I just, I kind of use the play on war and stuff mm -hmm. as a running theme for the project. So as far as NFTs go, I mean, NFT stands for non-fungible token mm -hmm. and they're gaining a lot of ground as far as art and music. I think NFTs in general represent some real possibilities for creators, artists. I mean, if you think about what's happening today, all these musicians, they sign with record labels. They don't actually own their music. No. You know, if, if they create something and they get a record deal, the record label owns their music and they only get small portions. Yep. Even if you post something on like iTunes or, you know, some of these other platforms, they take the majority of the money from the sale and give you a small percentage. NFTs now give creators the ability to keep the entire stake of their creativity and whatever they sell. They is can it, go on, they can go on these NFT sites and, and, and sell them and keep all the money they make for their songs or albums or artwork. Yep. Yep. And I, and I understand that. Is it diff Is there a difference between proof of stake and proof of ownership? Well, so proof of stake is an algorithm that Ethereum is switching to. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin uses proof of work. Proof of what are you work. referring to when you say proof of Well, look, it, it's kind of like, it, it, it's, it seems to me that the ledger, the, um, the NFT that you might buy, there's obviously a string of numbers, uh, excuse my simple explanation for this, yeah, that, that explains that, hey, look, this is mine. This is unique to me. This is my proof of ownership. And that's where I got, I guess, that term from. So it's not relevant? So here's the way this works. And I don't think a lot of people really know this, mm. but when you buy an NFT, have you ever heard of interplanetary file system? I have now. Okay, so <laughs> that's where all everybody's NFTs are stored. It's basically a connected group of decentralized computers. Cloud. Just like Bitcoin running all over the the web run mm -hmm. by people like you and I yep and the blockchain just happens to pull that particular image file or whatever it is be it a gif or a jpeg from a path in the interplanetary file system and just display it in your wallet so that picture is being pulled from somewhere else but the blockchain verifies that yes you are the only owner of this particular asset but it's so, not actually stored in your wallet. 
I see a lot of NFTs obviously relating to artwork at the moment. I've gone and looked at some and some is quite spectacular. I thought, well, why wouldn't I just right click save as and keep myself a copy? Uh, <laughs> there's that part. And I've seen the likes, uh, again, like Logan Paul, he's got a card that was worth $20,000 or something crazy in fiat currency. How is this even possible? Why are people going down this path, do you think? Uh, you know, it's a good question. Uh, I think art's a very subjective thing. Mm. And I think you've, hold, you've heard the old adage, one man's trash is another no man's, man's treasure. treasure. Yes, I have. So, you know, you could look at something and say, hey, you know what? That's just a horse. I'll give you five bucks for it. And somebody <laughs> else might look at it and say, wow, that's the most spectacular thing I've ever seen. I'll give you $300 for it. So, but I think this is just a new way to interact and because it's technology, everybody loves technology. Mm -hmm. And I think for some people, it's just, it's cool to say, hey, I own this NFT. I bought this. This is on the blockchain. Here it is in my wallet. Uh, but there are a lots of NS NFTs that have real utility attached to them. There's quite a few NFTs that get you access to certain clubs or certain diners, certain hotel oh, rooms, yep, yep. discounts. Yep. So, you know, Aside from it just being art and music, I think you're starting to see a lot more things that NFTs could possibly be, but I think we've only scratched the surface. I think there's lots of things out there that they have the potential to be and replace in the real world. We just haven't seen it yet. We just haven't gone there yet, but we will like anything that evolves over time. Now tell me, um, I don't understand what DAO is. Can you tell us a little bit about DAO? So a DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization. Right. So basically a lot of these projects, they're pretty much, you know, creator or developer driven in a DAO, because let's face it, you're, you're trying to build a community. People are putting their money in portions going to treasury. So everything you use in that treasury is basically community money. Yeah. So in that respect, the community should have a say in what gets done with this money. Mm -hmm. And we use a platform called snapshot.org where you set up, I could set up a vote. Let's say we want to, you know, build application X, Y, Z. Yep. We go to the snapshot.org page and you vote with your ANFT tokens. Mm -hmm. Hey, do you want to do this or do you not want to do this? And then people will vote yes or people will vote no. So I think it's a great way to give people a chance to offer their input in the direction the platform's going to take. Yeah, great feedback. I'm loving this call. Thank you so very much, Scott. Um, I'd love to. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to talk a little bit about, um, again, going back to, I guess, the basics for everybody, because I think if we can give them a full package, they'll look on this video in the future and go, oh, I think there's some information there that could really help me. So explain yeah, to me how it is that Arsenal NFT work with what is referred to as a wallet. What is a wallet and why is it important? So a lot of these applications, pretty much everything in crypto that falls under the umbrella of decentralized finance is Web3. And basically Web3 is decentralized. So you have exchanges like Coinbase and Binance. You have coins on there, but the old saying goes, not your keys, not your money. Mm -hmm. So if they're, they're considered hot wallets, centralized exchanges, yep. they're run by one, two, three entities, like a centralized individual or a company. 
probably government the wall, in there somewhere. <laughs> what's that? Probably the government's in there, the behind them oh, somewhere. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Uh, I know for a fact that Coinbase has some sort of secret agreement with the IRS oh. and FinCEN. They go. were real big on privacy for a while, but it's been leaking out here and there that they've been cooperating with That's them. That's a little bit controversial, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is, especially since in the public limelight, mm -hmm. they take one stance and then you find out that, they're oh, you another. know, you, yeah, if you've had over this tr transaction amount for the year, they're sending the government documents Oh, just so they know. Yeah, there's there's all sorts of rumblings I've been reading around about. Yep, fantastic. So there's <laughs> wallets and then there's uh, obviously a whole heap of, uh, I guess, uh, exchanges where uh, not so much hot hot wallets they're not hot yeah wallets. so metamask is probably the most popular it might be the only one actually mm -hmm. but it allows you to interact with exchanges that are decentralized places like trader joe or uh, uniswap on ethereum or bog finance on on the binance blockchain yep so basically all these centralized platforms uh they they do kyc know your customer yep you have to give them your name your address copy of your driver's license credit card they want Everything. your whole family history for the last 15 years yep. yep so when you deal with a decentralized exchange all you really need to do is have a metamask wallet mm -hmm. and there's no middleman the funds sit in a pool that's created by all the people who contribute to it Yep. And you just kind of trade in and out of it and it comes right from the exchange. You pay a small fee and it goes right in your wallet. There's nobody there to take a bit ask you questions like, Hey, you know, you've transacted this amount. You can't do this. Mm -hmm. There's nobody asking who you are, what's your address. All those so, sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> so much to learn, you know, and we've only really just scratched the surface. And on that, I know that you're big on documentation. Tell us a little bit about what people are going to find on your website and especially about the documentation, because there's some terminology on there that I don't understand. You've got bonding, war chest, voting and all these <laughs> other things. I think they're quite relevant and it would take a while to get through them. So like I was saying earlier in line with the whole arsenal theme, mm -hmm. the war chest, you know, again, everything's like a play on war Yep. because technically in my mind as a community, the goal is to break free of the mentality that I believe the majority of crypto has and do something unique and different. Yep. So in my mind, it's kind of like, all right, we're gearing up. We're going to war. We're gonna we're, we're gonna make a change. Yep, yep. We're gonna shake some things up a little bit, and mm -hmm. this is what we're gonna do. But the war chest is basically the community funds. Uh, the bonding mechanism is basically buying our native token at a discount. Yep. And seventy percent of it ends up in the war chest. Another twenty percent goes out to Trader Joe and buys NFT at market price to keep yep. the price afloat. And the other 10% goes to project fees for our developer, our design team. Uh, we have servers that we run. To grease the wheels. you got to grease the wheels, don't you? Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff going on the back end that people don't 
see and it's it's really a lot of work to keep some of this stuff i can just imagine you know <laughs> it's not a, a, it, there's a place there's a place where a website is not just a website and this would be certainly it now <laughs> i know that we've talked about so many things we've covered off on fundamentals we talked about M nfts what they mean uh, we've talked i suggest spoils are pretty much the rewards that you get we've talked a little bit about the bonding and the minting and so on and so forth so much to to take in here so when somebody wants to find you scott and they want to get mm -hmm. involved with arsenal in nft where are you and what's the process to come on board well i mean the the website is a great place to start right at the top of either of our landing pages there's a big link for the discord all you got to do is click the discord link i'm in there all day you know if you just drop in and say hello nine chances out of ten i'll be the first one to say hello to you. <laughs> first one back so um where is the what's the domain for people to go and visit you uh arsenalnft.org is our original homepage, and our second homepage is arsenalnft.org forward slash passive income there you go everybody if you're on this call today this is of interest to you i know that this is an evolving industry very exciting so much to learn so much to actually be very excited about and if you're looking for uh, arsenal nft it is as i says it is uh, it's arsenalnft.org if you want to find it look below this post you will see that link back to scott and all of the wonderful work that he's up to and scott thank you so very much for sharing all of your knowledge on the my future business show today Thank you very much, man. I appreciate you having me. It was great talking with you. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.